Welcome to When's Happy Hour, the podcast. I'm Aileen Cooperman, CEO and co-founder of Betches Media. And I'm Samantha Fishbein, COO and co-founder of Betches Media. And we're your co-hosts. When's Happy Hour, Work Hard So You Can Hardly Work is the name of our new book that we just wrote. In the book, you can discover everything you could possibly need to know about your career. From what not to do when writing an email to how to start your own business. Sammy and I and our third co-founder, Jordana, never went to business school, but by working hard and learning from our mistakes, we were able to build a full-blown media empire and brand with an audience of more than 10 million people. In preparation for our book coming out, we wanted to take the time to speak with some really interesting entrepreneurs from across multiple industries who have similar stories or different ones, and like everything else we do, ask the questions that everyone wants to know but are too afraid to ask out loud. To get an idea of what else you can discover from our book, you can find an excerpt and a link to pre-order at Betches.co slash WHH. Okay, let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to When's Happy Hour, a brand new podcast. Um, not to be confused with our book called When's Happy Hour. Not a coincidence. Um, this is our new podcast where we talk about entrepreneurship for anyone looking for no bullshit advice. I'll be interviewing a wide array of interesting people who, who I'm hoping to learn something from. Today, we have Drumroll. Am I doing one? Um, Ryan Serhant, who everybody just knows, right? Like everyone, do I even have to tell you where, where you're really? from? Yeah. People recognize my face and they say, you're that guy. Well, I, like, kn- oh, well, yeah. I knew you were coming in today, but then I didn't see you until I saw you like in our kitchen just from my desk. I'm like, oh my God, Ryan Serhant's here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, why is that guy my here? My wife says the same thing. <laughs> As you walk through the kitchen. Yeah, she's like, oh my God, Ryan Serhant's at my house. I'm like, surprise. Well, yeah. We live together. Right, surprise. Here I am. Um, yes. So everyone obviously knows you from Bravo, right? Yes, from Million Dollar Listing New York. But now you have a new show. I do. It's called Sell It Like Sirhans. How's it going? Uh, so far, so good. There's only been one, two, three, four episodes so far. Do you are do you have fun doing it? Like, how long did it take to? What's the premise, first of all? So everyone. the premise is actually, I mean, it, it's interesting. So Million Dollar Listing, we started filming that show in 2010. The first season came out in 2012. Day is it? So is that, it's 2018 now. <laughs> yeah, so shit. Yeah, we've been doing it for a long time. Season seven of Million Dollar Listing is going to come out in June. Um, but people watch that show all over the world. It's crazy. Yeah. And people have been emailing me and they send me direct messages, you know, for years saying, hey, you know, I, I sell I sell tires in mm-hmm. Iowa. Uh, and I was watching the show last night and the way you negotiated that one deal, it helped me sell more tires today. And so I get all these emails and I put them together and I went to Bravo and said, hey, listen, why don't we, why don't we do a show where I help other salespeople who don't sell real estate and I help them learn how to sell better so that they can like pay their mortgage, they can pay their rent. So yeah. you know, if I've learned anything about selling from selling high-end real estate in New York City, then I can teach other people how to sell. And so it's very fish out of the water, which is why it's like kind of ridiculous, yeah. the premise. Um, but it's been, it's been good. You know? What's was- the weirdest thing that you helped sell? Like, so out of your comfort zone. Uh, hot tubs. You know, I sold hot tubs. That was last night's episode. We sold hot tubs, and that, yeah. was, that was definitely weird. What was the key to selling hot tubs? Uh, keeping it bubbly, you know? <laughs> keeping it bubbly. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was it was fun, you know? But it was hard. Like, Million Dollar Listing follows me in my daily life as I just mm-hmm. sell real estate. I do open houses. I negotiate deals. I do everything that I do during the day. Sell so, like Sirhant was, I had five days 
with each individual salesperson. Okay. The first season's eight people. I had five days with them. I'd show up on Monday morning and they would be the worst. <laughs> like the worst salespeople yeah. ever. And they were all about to lose their jobs. Okay. So they Where'd were all them? on the brink. They, they, they reached out to us. Yeah. Okay, Because wow. we put out a casting notice saying, listen, if you're a salesperson and you think you're in, in, in danger of losing your job and you want, want to go on the show and yeah. you're okay with Ryan teaching you, yeah. uh, then kind of reach out to us. So I dealt with all these bosses who were like, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> right. But, I watched the episode the first episode with like the wine guy yeah, or yeah, the yeah. and you were like I think this is a management issue yeah but and then he was it, like no it's not a management yeah, issue it's, it's like, a huge you, issue yeah. exactly <laughs> right yeah so it's uh, so it's good so it's funny it's uh, and it's fish out of the water and there's no other show like it you know there's no yeah. other there's no other business show that's just focused on sales which is what makes every business go round like there's Bravo's had other business type shows like mm-hmm. Tabitha and you know there's Bar Rescue there's Shark yeah. Tank there's business shows but there there's no other show that really focuses on what the lifeblood of a company is which is actually selling the stuff yeah. and if you can be a better salesperson you can sell more you can make more you can earn more you will be happier and that's how you become more successful. And if you're an entrepreneur, being a salesperson and having those skills is the best way to dig yourself out of debt, right? There's a crazy yeah. student loan crisis right now. Like it's, I think the show is working because it's hitting home with a lot of people who don't just need $20 million penthouses, but you know, they, they sell <laughs> something around the world. <laughs> I feel like also sales just doesn't have to do with like selling something. It's just selling yourself yes. and just being a confident person. I don't really, I, I mean, I guess I sell my company just by talking about it, but yeah. that in itself is sales. Um, so what's, what's the number one piece of advice you give people who, I would say the, the number one piece of or advice. Or don't need help. <laughs> no, yeah. Everyone needs help. Yeah. I need help. Yeah. I'd say the number one piece of advice I would give to any salesperson, and I saw this with everyone that I worked with on the show, was you know every salesperson is, they put a salesperson hat on every day when they wake up. They're, they're one person in the morning, and then they go to work, and they're a salesperson. And it's the classic, hi, can I help you with anything? Mm-hmm. Hey, do you want to see these shoes? You know, this is what the product is. And they completely forget that selling is not about the product. Selling is about the relationship, like you just said. And creating that connection with somebody and not just going into a bar and asking what you want, but creating a relationship and seeing where it goes. Right. What's your name? Yeah, exactly. It was amazing to me how many salespeople I meet who like don't even introduce themselves because they don't think about it because their mind is so focused on either their quota or their benchmark or their bills or what else is going on in their life. They have that salesperson hat on and then it just kills the mojo. It kills the vibe. It kills the relationship. So, you know, I tell everybody, no one likes to be sold. If you try to sell people, it will no, not work. No, it's the worst. But everyone loves to go shopping with friends. <laughs> yeah. It's super important. And that is, it's true, right? Retail therapy, shopping, people do it. You know, we all shop online now. And so how do you make that more fun? You do it with a friend. And if the friend is an expert in what you're buying, it's way more fun to buy dresses with someone who knows everything about them that's also your friend who's not just trying to sell you this dress that's $1,000 more than you want to spend. But it's also interesting, like, you would, I would trust some like a friend to tell me something is good over just like a random person I'm like what's their angle and but if my friend is trying to tell me that that they know this person who's like said person and they're trying to sell me something I would be like okay I'll I'll talk to him because there's like there is already a made relationship there so I, I get that but um okay put this aside you were a hand model once and now you're here <laughs> tell so who how did you get here uh, so much hand modeling. Yeah. Um, Where are you from? I was born. Tell the people what they want to know. <laughs> I was born in, I was born in Texas, born in Houston, okay. bounced around a lot, moved around Long Island, moved around Boston, went to college in upstate New York and was always interested in theater. So mm-hmm. I graduated college, uh, in 2006, came to Manhattan and said, you know what? I'm going to give myself two years to try to be an actor. I've got 
twenty thousand dollars saved. Uh, it's gonna take me far. Okay. It's gonna take me at yeah. least ten years. Right. And uh, I ran out of that in like a year. <laughs> yeah. And um, two minutes exactly. And so New York is expensive. And so I had to get other types of jobs. I didn't make it as an actor. I did a lot of free work, terrible stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Where can we find some of your finest work? YouTube as the world turns. Ryan okay. Surians, <laughs> Doctor Evan Walsh the Fourth. As I try to kill my grandmother, and then she kills me. Oh my it's god! Brutal. That was a bad day for me. Um, I thought my life was over. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I just, you know, I was classic. I had like headshots out there and mm-hmm. AT&T liked my hands. And so I held phones for like a year for oh AT&T. God. They like flew me when? around the when country in 2007. Oh, wow. 2007 and 2008. What kind of phones were you holding back then? Like, like LG Blackberries. Brick? Yeah, <laughs> Blackberries. Yeah. Nokia flip phones, like right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and they had a little iPhone, but, you know, it only just come out like I think a year or two before. So I hand modeled and then hand modeling wasn't like my career aspiration in life. And I was running out of money again. And a friend of mine just said, listen, get your real estate license. You can make your own hours, rent an apartment a month. That'll pay your bills. You can buy food and then do all the hand modeling and acting you want to do. Okay. And so that's yeah. and then I started the day Lehman Brothers filed for bankruptcy. That was that was day one <laughs> oh, in September two thousand eight. So, so what did you what happened? Uh, I mean, for me, in hindsight, it was actually better because I, you know, I, I, I didn't have money. I didn't have bills or responsibilities. I had mm-hmm. a tiny rent that I lived in in Koreatown. And so my back was already up against a wall. So it wasn't like a lot of people where it destroyed them. You know, it took away wealth. It took away their lifestyle. Yeah. For me, I was just like, wow, life is really hard. Like mm-hmm. finance and, and real estate, this is tough. Everyone I work with keeps losing their job. Mm-hmm. So this business is hard. So I learned in 2008 to 2010 in a really, really tough market that gave me kind of all the tools that I needed to be able to sell now, right? Now things are a little bit different. They're a little bit better. Yeah. Well, what did you, I know you said you wanted to be in theater, but like when you were 10, like fifth grade yearbook, what did you say you wanted to be? I think I was voted like most dramatic. (laughs) You were voted when you were 10? (laughs) Yes, I was a super dramatic 10 year old. But I also get all my friends and my family to like make little movies with me and Mm -hmm. I put on little plays and that's what I wanted to do. I was always very determined to be amazing at something. I thought it was going to be acting, Uh but you know, I always chose success first. Right. Right. So it was either going to be acting or hand modeling or I mean, real estate, which was totally random, never even thought about that whatsoever. And then just got my brokerage license and started renting apartments for like 2000 bucks a month. But then so how like so confidence is a huge thing, especially with business, like with anything like, you know, especially female entrepreneurs, like being confident, this whole imposter syndrome, um, which I talk about a lot in this podcast. But how do you just do you so you decide to get your license but then how do you get the confidence to start selling something so for me i think one of the benefits that i had was i spent my whole life thinking i was going to be a professional actor and Mm -hmm. i came to new york to do theater and that was always because i I like to play other parts and kind of be other characters and i was good at improvising with people and just talking and keeping up Mm -hmm. conversation so when i got into real estate i had no experience whatsoever but i was incredibly hungry and i was great at keeping conversation with people so anytime it would come down to my experience i was able to turn the conversations back towards you know something else whether it was daily events or the product and then people just liked me because i was trustworthy i had good eye contact yeah. i made good first impression and i researched everything so i knew about the everything okay yeah, about yeah. the person but also about the product like when you first oh, okay. start selling anything or in any job you don't have 10 years of experience so you can't even complain about that i hear people all the time say well they sold more because they've been doing it for 20 years mm-hmm. like no that's not true that's you're, like saying oh you're successful because you went to business school yeah, like, exactly i didn't go to business school yeah 
Me neither. I didn't go to business, business school. school. Anybody we have here no. probably didn't I tried to get into school. law school. No law school would take me except for like an <laughs> online one. It was brutal. Um, and so, you know, you, you have to fall back on knowledge. So do what veterans in your industry don't do, which is research and memorize everything. Mm -hmm. So I would know every detail about every building I would even walk by with clients. And then the question of how long you've been doing this and you have no experience, why do you look so young, goes out the window in a heartbeat because they say, wow, this, this, you know everything. You know yeah. more than what I could find if I Google, uh, where should we look? And I would know everything. And that's something anybody can do. You don't have to have 10 years of experience. And then veteran brokers, they don't know anything. They just rely on their experience, like me. I mean, that's what I do now. When people ask me questions, I'm like, nah, I don't know. I'll figure it out. And they're like, oh, okay, but yeah, you're right. I'm like, okay, I earned <laughs> that level of trust. Right. So what... Like, so how do you, does one start to research? Like, where do you start looking of like anything that you're trying to sell? It depends on what you're selling, you know, for, for me and selling real estate in New York, there's the trade magazines, there's the websites and there's public record. You can figure mm -hmm. out what, you know, a building, when was it built? Who was the architect? Who was the developer? Uh, who's lived there? What have the sales been like? What's the pace? What's the absorption rate? Just getting those types of details goes a long way. And then knowing the neighborhood, what are the restaurants? What just opened? What are the coffee shops? What are the schools? Where's the playground? Where's the dog park? Where's the closest train? All of those details are things that you don't want to have to look into your phone for. If you're selling anything else, you know, if we're, we did an episode where we're selling shoes, you know, it was just researching the brand of the shoes, like where they came from. You want to sell Nikes all day long, read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. That's an amazing book. Mm -hmm. And it gives you more to talk about. If you're selling sports equipment, look up the athletes that endorse those sports items and be able to talk about their game last night so that you can really kind of play into that story. All the information you would ever need about what you're selling or what you're doing for work is all online. You just have to do the work, which people don't want to do. Does it help to research the person? Person you're selling it to and then you know what to bring up yeah it, yeah you can you know you don't want to be like stalkerish no like hey so <laughs> I saw how was your, how was your dinner last night <laughs> yeah it looked really great i you saw know. you added extra parmesan <laughs> exactly yeah. no, social media is kind of freaky that way but it definitely is helpful for our business because we get to know people and it, it's a way for me to honestly to meet new people you know if there's a client or a developer that i want to meet i don't just go through email i i follow them on twitter or mm -hmm. i'll gonna dm them through instagram or i'll see what they're doing on Facebook because again it's not about what you're selling it's about who you're selling to and that connection that you were going to make with that person and they want to work with someone they like so what is the best so you're saying DMing on Insta Twitter yeah. what's the best way to sort of network for like an aspiring entrepreneur or whatever they are like what's the best way to meet people social I would always start with social do meetups on Facebook find people who have similar similar commonalities to you yeah. right people that maybe have a year's more of experience or two years more of experience meet those people because those people are still growing and they have experience that you can feed off of learn from them take the best leave the rest what's the best way to approach someone you send them a note like people people that work for me like I'm like everyone who works for me for the most part they've either come to me or I've come to them and just saying hey man I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of your work, you know, or you know, you do really good stuff. Uh, I saw that article you did yesterday, or I've been following you for a while. Would love to meet. I'm new to the game, but I'm super hungry and passionate. Would love to just like pick your brain. Can I buy you a coffee? Like stuff like that. Or can you do a five minute call if they're not based in your area? Yeah. Like what's you know how much for a five minute call? And people are like, you would pay me, and I just call me, dude. Like it's <laughs> it's right. just so much people people get so freaked out about saying hello and reaching out to strangers. But you have to remember that every single person you know right now is at one time a stranger. Yeah, but now you know them now. And they sort of still feel like they, they are. Is there anybody that you would feel really scared to walk up to? 
I, I'm, I mean, I'm petrified of people, but um, yeah. yeah, I uh, I mean, like big celebrities and big developers I get nervous about because I, I get nervous, kind of like what you're saying with that imposter yeah. syndrome. Like if someone's going to ask me a question, I'm just not going to know the answer. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm not what they thought I was. Or, yeah. oh man, why am I even here? How am I in this room? Yeah. Um, and I kind of get that way around like big, big clients. And it's so funny because you say like you're scared to go up to a developer, whereas I would never know who that developer was. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, like you just sat in my subway seat. Like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, Bill, move. <laughs> so so it's really right, and they would be like, "Take okay. your billions and move." They wouldn't, right? They wouldn't be on the subway, but um, they own it. But you, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you don't. If you don't act like that, yeah, like scared and oh my god, I love you. Yesterday, yeah. I actually bumped into Hillary Duff, and oh, wow. I acted like I I was about to act like a nut job, but then I told myself to stop, like internally. And I, I was we were trying on I was trying you on were a just bag. Like, hey, Duffster. No, I didn't say that. Hillary, no, I call her Hillary Doof with me and my friends. Just oh. I don't know why, but I hope she's not listening. Actually, I hope she is. But I was like, oh, what do you think of this bag? Because I was like trying on. She's like, oh, I have that in nude. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm a huge fan. Like we're from Betches, blah, blah, blah. And it was totally fine and normal. Yeah, nice. And then obviously I left and texted all of my friends, but she didn't see that. I was just with Hillary Doof. Hillary <laughs> Doof, I'm your biggest fan. Um, <laughs> but that it, it's, it's fine. Like... I think that like the whole playing something up and like putting things on a pedestal yeah, yeah, freaks freaks it freaks yourself out and then you're just you're lost and yeah. then you lo- you you lose your one chance. Yeah, and you also have to like if you're trying to meet somebody that you think would be good for you to meet, mm-hmm. figure out like why. Like why do you want to meet that person and what can you do for them? Because at the end of the day, you're, you're going to be selling them a, a something that you can provide, even if it's just information or if it's work for free, you know, and you got to factor in the fact that like doctors and lawyers and you know, the classic business model for, for young people to graduate and go and do, they go to school for years and years and years. They spend so much money, they have so much debt, then they graduate and then they still make no money as they either intern or they become paralegals or they do their residency. So they spend a decade slaving to a job that that has amazing career you know aspirations down the line mm-hmm. except salespeople and most entrepreneurs want money tomorrow like they want sex tomorrow mm-hmm. you know they want success i, I said sex. <laughs> i was about to say want, yeah i mean do they also <laughs> that also that <laughs> they want success tomorrow and the name of this podcast in. is ryan sirhan says everyone wants sex tomorrow <laughs> exactly um but you you know you have to factor in the fact that your first couple years in any business whether it's sales or just being an entrepreneur or doing a startup or selling things on youtube or Facebook or or eBay is going to take you a couple years and you have to bank on that. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay with that and that's okay. What, like, have you ever, so, have you ever looked in a mirror and not felt like, oh, damn, I look good or like, and, and then, and then you know, because I, I, I think that men and women are different in that like a lot of guys just look in the mirror. They don't like pick out their insecurities. They're just like, oh, I'm great. I'm going to have a great day today. Whereas women, they look and they're like, meh, and then they're yeah. like cu- picking themselves apart. Um, so since uh, we're going to have a lot of female entrepreneurs, but since you are a male, um, what, do you ever, what, do you ever not feel that way? And then how do you go about your day? Because your whole job is being confident in what you're yeah. selling. How do you get over that? Um, no, I listen, I definitely, I definitely have insecurities and get weirded out. Um, I mean, on, especially on the new show, like I'm half naked half the time. <laughs> like it's, it's like really weird and yeah. uncomfortable and it's, um, was not like the fun part of those moments yeah. for me, but you know, I've always been self-conscious. I think just like everybody, I think some people are just good at not showing it. Mm-hmm. And those are the people too, that are then the most attractive because they just don't give a shit. And so yeah. I've really tried to adopt that kind of attitude of, you know what, I'm going to look as best as I possibly can so I can feel good about myself, but then I just don't care, 
right? And, and right, use yeah. my voice, use what I know. Like knowledge now, as you see, obviously, is the sexiest thing about anybody. So the more you know, the more people are going to be attracted to you, regardless of your face, your hair, your clothes. Mm-hmm. Right, I just don't head. smell. I think no matter what, <laughs> I totally agree. don't smell. The most important thing you can do is not smell. Because that's just like no matter how much you know, you're just that smelly person who knows a lot. Yeah, like if you, <laughs> if you smell like BO, take a shower or carry around deodorant in your bag. You can wear a knapsack all day long, have your hair in your face. But if you smell nice, like you smell clean, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Everyone's going to like you. Yeah, that's actually fair. Good point. Everyone, yeah. we should get this sponsored by a deodorant company. Don't you remember that movie? What was that Top Gun, right? Remember Top Gun? Did you ever see it? Yes, but like, do I remember? I don't know. Well, there's know. just this, uh, well, it's maybe maybe it's a male movie, but it's uh, there's that one Tom movie. Cruise. Yeah, there's a Tom Cruise moment where he like leans over to one of like those pilots that he hated, and that guy's insulting him over and over, and Tom Cruise just leans over and sniffs him and says, you stink, and walks out. And I was like, what? And the guy got so self-conscious power about it. Power move. Yeah, that yeah. is a power move. Just to tell someone like, hey, dude, you, you smell today. Like, that throws off their whole day, because then they start thinking about like, my oh meeting my at nine. Oh my God, my whole life is over. And then you think like, have I been smelling this whole time? <laughs> Exactly. That's something. What a, why has no one told me? Can exactly. I trust no one? Exactly. And then you just spiral out of control. Yeah, smell nice. Yeah. Key to success. <laughs> that also another good name for this title. Um, what was like the worst moment of your career where you're just like, fuck this, I'm quitting? Uh, every time a deal dies, it sucks. Especially yeah. ones that die because I can't control them. Because it's, I'm a salesperson at the end of the day. No matter what I sell or how much money you make, if you're in sales, you're in the service industry. So mm-hmm. you are stuck between two people. You're stuck between a buyer and a seller of something. And there's a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings, even mm-hmm. if it's a $10 item or if it's a $10 million item. And there's a lot of things that are out of my control. You know, I'm just right. the middleman. I'm the broker. Like, I'm yeah. just trying to get things done. But, you know, I've been fired off of projects, and that always sucks. One of my, my first building ever, my, a big building that I was selling where I was like, man, I've made it. This is my career. Million-dollar listing was casting when I was on that building. It was awesome. Then I got fired from it. And I was like, my life is over. Why, would you, why did you get fired? Because I, I was, they wanted me to be there like six days a week, and I just couldn't be there six days a week. Okay. So it wasn't necessarily my fault, but it was also like maybe I should have been there more. Maybe I shouldn't have focused on other business. I don't know. But it was, uh, it was definitely a tough day when they just like landed the gauntlet onto my body. <laughs> but how did you get over it? I, you know, it's, it took me a while, but I was like, you know what? It's okay because I don't want to be stuck in one spot. I want to be able to have as many opportunities as possible. And I'm just going to go out there and just focus on the next day. And no matter what happens today, there's always tomorrow. And I, I focus on that like a lot. So I always try to like bury the hatchet. If I'm having a bad day or an argument or a disagreement, it's got to be buried by the end of the night. Otherwise, it's going to sit on you and it's going to cause stress. Then I'll yeah. comfort eat. And like, it's not good for me to <laughs> eat Oreo worst. ice cream all day long. <laughs> Speaking of that, we have a podcast called Diet Starts Tomorrow. You should listen to it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I have a lot of anxiety too. And I, it's just hard to, to sort of stay calm and like confident all the time. Do you meditate or anything? No. I mean, either. No. I try to, I won't work out, you know, and I like watch TV and make good things. Do you watch yourself? Uh, Yeah, I watch this because I don't get the episodes beforehand. Right, I remember you said that. I get them and I I watch them now. uh, So that's always interesting. And I'm like, oh man, why did I do that? Um, What's the the most, like, what are you most critical of when you watch yourself? 
uh, I guess how I how I handle myself in situations, right? It's like that, that classic when you walk out of a room and you're like, shoot, why did I say it that way? Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally would have won the argument if I didn't just say this. Damn it! <laughs> For me, it's different because it, it happens on TV to the whole world. I'm like, why didn't back. I just say that? Um, so I guess that's what I'm the most critical. Like I could have negotiated that better because it's when people watch the show, they look at it and they say, oh, that's the way Ryan is, mm-hmm. and. I and it's always off the cuff and it's in the moment and I want people to watch the show and say wow that's the way Ryan is and that's awesome and I want to hire him to sell this and sell that you know and I, anyway mm-hmm. well that's good advice um so we do a lot of dear betches here people okay. have been emailing us since 2011 nice. and we've been giving advice I hope they didn't take it in the beginning but now they should take it um <laughs> You guys, we also um, tell them they have to compliment us. So you guys are so fucking funny. <laughs> I listen to both of your podcasts and have been reading your site for years. Now even my husband reads your TV recaps. Thank you. We don't actually ask them to give us advice. They just do it. Okay, good. Quick career advice. If you are getting a promotion and you're offered a raise with that promotion, is it okay to negotiate to try and get more money? I don't want to be greedy, but I literally live paycheck to paycheck. Any advice would be helpful from underpaid betch. And here are some extra details if you want them. (laughs) I have been with the company for one year. I work in Connecticut in the healthcare industry. Um, Too much info, too much info. Um, I'm awesome. That's good. Um, Promoting me to this position will save the company a shit ton of money, and that is currently going to go out. That's currently going to outside contractors. And um, I don't know what the promotion amount will be. The offer is coming in the next few weeks per my boss. Cool. So uh, that's a great question. Yes, you can negotiate because everything Mm -hmm. is negotiable, uh, but you can only negotiate with value. You can't say, no, I want more. Or you can't say, well, my rent is heavy. People right. negotiate with me all the time. It's I, I tune out the minute they bring in their personal story Absolutely. because everybody has a personal story. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. But people will care, and I care, when people bring in something of value. Where they say, listen, I, I think this is a great offer. This is a great promotion offer. Thank you so much for believing me. I know I've only been here for one year. But here's what I'm thinking about making my time here the most useful over the next year, that it will actually save you more money. Because if you pay me X, you're going to save X, Y, and Z on these third-party contractors. And not only will our you know bottom line grow, but we'll be able to exponentially grow the business because I'll have more time to do A, B, and C. So if yeah. you present it that way, then it's not money out of their pocket. It's actually money in their pocket, and they will pay you more. And showing them that it's an investment to invest in you. Always. But never, I mean always smell nice and always <laughs> always never ever ever bring up your own personal story I, I really it's I totally agree because it's like saying that your story is more important than mine it's like I don't I don't really yeah. care and it's also like we're talking about business here like keep it about like what you're we're both doing here like yeah. I'm not telling you about my like personal struggles and why right. you need to work more for them right it's the same thing yeah um but yeah that's but what if someone, uh, I want to, because we just had a guest too um, the other day and she said, you need, it's really helpful to have like statistics or financials. Like yes. let's say you're bringing money into the company. It's mm-hmm. really easy to sort of prove that you have value, but let's say you're not, you don't, you're not in that type of position. How can you show your value without like that kind of like backing? Like I brought in this much money for the company. Let's say you haven't. How right. do you? negotiate that so you I mean you have to be smart you right you you can't ask for more money than that that job is going to pay mm-hmm. so sometimes I know everyone wants to make more money but if you're in a role that has a cap on it then maybe you need to start positioning yourself not for more money in that role but into a different role 
And the way that you then do that is show that you have, you know, you're multi-talented, you can multitask really well, and that you'd like to start helping, you know, Samantha, who is in that division over there with some of her tasks because she's really busy. And that will help that employer see you in a different light other than just this role that has a salary cap of 50,000 a year or 70,000 a year, because it's that that's going to be a negotiation that you're never going to win. And you don't want to waste any of your breath or time or energy, like fighting for something that is that's an unwinnable battle because there are look at comps i mean look at other companies if you have a role that you want to be paid more for look at other companies that are in your jobs field right look at your competitors look at your boss's competitors see what the bosses are paying their people and then you can come and say well listen frank is paying his graphic designer you know ten thousand dollars more a year and they're doing a lot better than we are so that's something that you can bring to the table uh, at your own job. But if you're kind of in line with everybody, then maybe position yourself where you could move up the ladder into a different role or into a managerial position where then you're incentivized to grow your division. And then that's how you really make more money. Totally. Has there, any been, has there ever been a time when like one of your employees did like a really good job asking for a raise or, and the, or you can give you one where it was like a really bad bad experience well, it's different for me because all of my i have agents right and so they're all commissioned so they'll negotiate splits and it's always based on you know it's always based on production so i really try to set it up to be as black and white as possible if you sell x the split will jump if you sell y the split jumps to this so on and mm-hmm. so forth but people will come to me all the time and try to negotiate and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't what doesn't work is saying well i worked really hard like Oh, really? Because I was here on Saturday and Sunday for the last seven years. Were you? Yeah. No, you weren't. So I work harder. You can leave now. Um, so you don't want to bring it in that way. You're supposed to work hard. Like, that's your job. So never bring the fact that you work hard or you did a really good job as a reason for you to be paid or compensated more. Because that's the whole reason you're at the company. And then it, and then the employer is going to resent you because they're going to say, wow. I actually don't want this person to do well because they're going to rub it in my face. I'd actually want to bring in somebody who's grateful to be here, who's also going to work just as hard because guess what? There are uh, 5 million students in the U.S. right now who are about to default on student loans. They all need jobs. You're not that important to me. Mm -hmm. Ooh, harsh, but I like it because it's true. Everyone is so like fluffy about like, oh, we'll hire you, give you a raise, no problem, we support everyone. Everyone's too nervous. it's, It's totally... Changing topic. Where is it a good? Is it a good time to buy houses now? Yes, it it's is a, definitely a buyer's market. Um, you just have to be smart. You have to be prepared, and you have to go into the purchase lined up with everything ready. Don't just go shopping to see things. I mean, you can, but if you fall in love with something, are you going to be ready to purchase it? Do you have a pre-approval from your bank? Do you have an employer letter to be able to get that pre-approval? Do you have everything ready to go? Do you have a broker who knows what you want? Have you looked at school districts? Have you looked at me? Muti- <laughs> there's a lot of stuff yeah, to no, think about. Totally, but it's a lot of money. What? Um, like what's something that people don't know that you like maybe just some shady trick or not trick, but like some tip that they should know when they're going out and like buying apartments, like just to, because I always feel like when any, but any type of broker just feels like they're just selling me and I'm, I'm getting <laughs> duped in every scenario and I just exit. Don't be duped. Call me. Yeah. Um, so how do you not get duped? What, give me a tip. Uh, listen, it's any negotiation is you have to have a poker face. So don't walk into a space and say, oh my goodness, I, I love this so much. I want it right now. Mm-hmm. All of your power has just left the room. It literally gone right. out the window right. that yeah. has that amazing view that you want. Yeah. Right? Walk in. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. We'll be in touch. 
And if you like it, that's how you're then going to find the bottom line because you're not going to be an expected purchaser that way. You're going to be a surprise purchaser. And people love negotiating with surprise purchasers because it's like, oh, someone actually does want this. Mm -hmm. So keep your opinions to yourself. Don't wear your emotions on your sleeve when you're looking at property. Um, okay. That's good. I'm, I'm <laughs> asking because I don't know. No, I'm very like poker facey. But, but so, even like in all meetings, like when I'm meeting anybody, I'm just like, hello. Yeah. It is okay to meet you. <laughs> um, well, is I it, might have a good time right now. <laughs> yeah, I may or may not be having fun. Um, do you read anything for or listen to anything, watch anything for inspiration? Don't plug any of your own stuff. Uh, all my stuff. Um, yeah, that's what, what's your favorite I, books? All the ones that I've written. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we, you know what? Not really. I should. I wish. I just don't have the time. Like I, I, I barely sleep. We, you know, I have a big team and we just sell all the time. My inspiration is the people that work with me and the people that work for mm-hmm. me and kind of their, how hard they work. Um, but I do have a vlog on YouTube. You should definitely watch it. A vlog? Yeah. Okay. And I wrote a book. It comes out in September. You can pre-order it now. What's it called? Go to selllikesirhand.com. Is it just like the show? It's about how to sell yeah and how to be an entrepreneur and how to build a sales career from nothing which I couldn't find a book that taught me how to do that like there's books out there that are like how to sell flowers and how to be mm-hmm. yourself and yay and yeah. don't call bullshit on, like it's it's all like nothing none of it is helpful they When's all it just seem out? like September 18th everyone should check that out and where now you can plug all your stuff where can we follow you <laughs> everything go, go. I, well I listen to everything betches so oh, that's what keeps you. me going yeah, <laughs> thank I, you, I thank laugh you. and I cry at the same time <laughs> um, yeah YouTube is the vlog social media is at Ryan Serhant and the book you can find on sellitlikesirhant.com and watch the show I would love it if you did well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and you can watch Ryan on our Insta stories, right? Nice. You'll be asking. I hope that. I think that's Is what that we're what we're going to do? I, I Let's think do so. it. Let's just do it. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Betches.